Father in heaven, I want to thank you for each and every person here, Lord. Many are tired, many have been to many meetings, and yet we're here seeking you because we hunger and thirst after you, Father in heaven. And Lord, you've given us some special messages for these end times, and I pray that as we focus our attention on the big picture, that it will inspire us and motivate us uh, to to look beyond our own particular circumstances and to the great big plan that you have. We thank you, Lord. We want to participate in your plan and your will for us through your power and your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you hear me okay with this? Is it loud enough? Yeah? No? Can you hear me back there? Okay. Yeah, what we've been saying in our balanced living... Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. What if you dehydrated tofu? Oh, it'd be wonderful. Oh, it'd probably be fabulous. We used to do that when we camped. I had one of those dehydrators, you know, one of those thousand watt dehydrators. We would dehydrate all kinds of things and take them on. Yeah. Yeah, but you can get those little bricks like I put in the salad this week. Those little, they're already pretty dry. They're shrink-wrapped. They're at Myers. They're teriyaki or chipotle. And dry those out. I bet that'd be really good. Yeah. Cut them up. Extra hard. Crunchy. Crunch factor. (laughs) All right. I'm going to open up with a scripture this morning. And the scripture that I would like to present to us this morning is a very timely one. It's found in Luke chapter 21. And it says in verse 25, it says, There will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. We are right on the threshold of the coming of Jesus Christ. The signs occurred at the beginning of the Great Awakening in the United States in the 1800s, in the early 1800s. And here are our instructions today. Verse 28, it says, When you see these things begin to happen, what is the instruction? Look where? Up. And another thing, lift up your head, for your redemption draws nigh. That's an incredible piece of information. It's very, very easy for us to look down, look around, look back, and focus on all the things that are stressful and out of our control. But when a ship is out to sea in a storm, they do not navigate by looking at other ships. They, how do they navigate? How do ships navigate? They navigate by the stars. And, and so I always think, when I read this, I always think of Zacchaeus, how Zacchaeus wanted a bigger picture of Jesus. And so he, what did he find? He had a, he had a, a disability that was keeping him from being able to see Jesus. He was really short, and he didn't have access. Not that being short is a disability, but in that situation and in that circumstance, for him, it was. And we have, what? Move again. So in our lives, we have 
challenges and, and we have problems and we have defects and we have disabilities and we have limitations and we have liabilities and we have what they say in the South, some of us have a hitch in our get along as we get older, you know, <laughs> you have to do a body part check before you get out of bed in the morning. And, and the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that he that observes the clouds will not go out and sow seed. And he that observes the rain will not go out and do the work. And so we can be so absorbed in looking at each other and the flaws and the problems and the reasons that we cannot work for God, either personal limitations or our circumstances or problems in the church, that we literally never get anything done. But we are all concerned. I could go to a cocktail party tonight and talk to people who don't know God and who are without hope in this world. And they would be concerned about the same things that you and I are. But it is time for God's people to leave the ranks of the concerned and join the committed. That means we're going to look away from ourselves and away from our liabilities and away from our situation and away from our problems. And we are going to look at the solution, which is God. And he has something for each of us to do. And so in our program today, we're going to take a bigger picture look at what God wants to do with you and I with all of our flaws and problems. In fact, in inspired writings, we're told, and I really believe this applies to me, it doesn't apply to maybe a lot of people, but I think it does to me. She says, God puts some people in ministry to heal their diseased minds because you just have to keep repeating things that you need to know. And it just sinks in. And I thank the Lord that but what we say is going to shape our natures and our characters. And I said this in the afternoon class. There's a beautiful statement that says, the thoughts and the emotions combined constitute character. And of all the things that we let loose like a wild animal uh, and don't discipline, it's our thoughts and our emotions. It's time for us to start doing what we know. It's time for us to start speaking truth instead of feelings, thinking, that's just our own random thoughts, whatever pops out of our mouth, and our emotions. They have to take a back seat to truth, and then you will experience power and stability in your life over time. Amen? So I love those maps that say you are here. You know, you are here. And then from where you are, it tells you where you need to go. So this first slide, as we ask the question, why health evangelism and why now, we are asking the question, where are we and why are we doing this? I'm trying to position myself so that my microphone is in the right direction. Uh, so I'm going to move this back a little bit. I want to learn to navigate my life every day by looking to Jesus and not my circumstances. And he wants us to walk in joy even while we're learning and growing and making mistakes. And the minute you commit to do something new, you bet you're going to make mistakes. Your team is going to make mistakes. Things happen. We grow spiritually time with God. That's how we grow spiritually. But we mature when we work together. The Bible says one will chase a thousand and two will put 10,000 to flight. What do you say? So we've got to be builders instead of those who just tear down. 
In Revelation 14, at the beginning of the message of God's call to the judgment hour, which we are in, we have been in the judgment hour for a very, very long time now, for many, many, many years. And in that gospel message, uh, this angel is depicted as being in the midst of heaven, crying with a loud voice. It's a confident voice. It's an eternal gospel. It's a call out of error, out of God, errors about God, errors about his truth, errors about living, errors about our very lives and eternal salvation. And it's a call for us to announce that the hour of his judgment has come because when he comes, his reward is with him. But friends, we're not at the beginning. You know that you are here thing? Well, as you progress along the trail, now you're somewhere else. And Revelation tells us where that somewhere else is because as things ripen in the great controversy, right before Jesus comes, the contest thickens. The, the issues get more intense. Do you sense that in, in this world today, in your life, in the personal battle, in the call of the Holy Spirit on your life? God has a call on your life to do something for him. And he wants to do something in you. And now this angel doesn't just have a loud voice. He has great authority. It's crying mightily. And the earth is illuminated with the glory of God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 60 that darkness will cover the earth and great darkness the people. So there are levels of darkness that just get deeper and deeper and deeper. But God's people are described in Joel, I believe it's chapter 2, as a sun rising over a mountain. As a sun rising. Isn't that just an amazing thing? And the earth is illuminated with their glory, with their message at a time when the doctrines of fallen churches have become full of corruption. There is spiritualism, spirit visitations, and the Lord announces that it's the end of the judgment hour, not the beginning. I believe we are closer to here than here. This is where we are now. We are not here. And God has a work for us to do. And why are we doing health evangelism now? And what is health evangelism? The call to God's people is to come out of error, doctrinal, personal uh, corruption. God is calling his bride to get ready. On the negative side of the ledger, where we are in our world today, there's more danger and risk. There are more trials and persecution and risk of death. But on the positive side, God promises power, that we will glorify him, even in suffering. The Bible says we show his glory in suffering, in efficacy and reach. So our work will be more efficient, and it will reach a wider group. Jesus said of his disciples, greater works than these, than these will you do, because I go unto my Father. It wasn't greater in type, but it was greater in magnitude. It was worldwide. And in the end, eternal life. So our commission is to let courage rise with danger. And the only way that we can do that is to keep our eyes on Jesus, his message. He's the one, the big one in the room. He's the, the one that's going to win this controversy. Look at this. Now this, we're going to have a little a talk back and forth. I want you to talk with your neighbor. The gospel of health is to be what? Firmly linked, firmly linked to the ministry of the word. It is the Lord's design that the what? 
the restoring influence of health reform. Now, this is an 1800s word, but we would say health innovation. We would say recovery, renewal, restoration, rebuilding people's lives. That's a more modern phrase, but the health innovation, health reform shall be a part of the what? Last great effort to proclaim the gospel message. We are informed that when we separate the gospel from the health work, that it brings evil into our churches and into the health work. So I'd like you to talk, look at this uh, statement for just a minute. We're only going to take a minute. We have a, a number of slides to get through today, and I want us to have several points of discussion. But I would like for you to talk to each other about what this, what this is saying. Not what it means to you. What is it actually saying? Amen? Because we all have something that it means something to us. But we are given very pointed, we are given very pointed instructions here. And I would like to hear your take on this. So find a neighbor, talk it over for a minute. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I want to scoot this over. When you when you stand in front of the camera, it goes right. But it lights up this area of your body. <laughs> I'm going to scoot you over. Okay. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. So do you want to handle the do you want to handle the back and forth part here or do you want to do that or do you want to move that? Okay. That's all they get to say? No, no, no. I said is that all the time they get? <laughs> You want to lead out here? Yeah, let's, let's move there. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Oh, okay, you can wrap up your comment. Okay, so... So what does it... What, what have you been saying to each other about this message, this, this statement of this being the last work? Somebody? How does that impact you? Yes. It's a restoring message. Yes, last night uh, John Bradshaw said, when the character of Christ shall be revealed in his people, then shall he come to claim his own, right? Yeah. And so this is a message of amazing uh, positiveness, isn't it? Yeah. That, and that this message is helping in that step because we can't separate the physical from the mental from the spiritual. Another thought? Yes. Yes, yes, I was just reading that in, um, what are we reading right now? 
the um, the parables, Christ object, lessons. Christ object lessons. Yeah, just last night that said that we we are to learn as much as we can to keep learning, to keep learning, but not just for ourselves, but it's also to share. And it's more, we share it more through our example, maybe even than through our words, don't we? Awesome. Yes. Yes. When we, they improve their health, then they can better understand the Bible, the gospel. Hear the Holy Spirit. It clears up the mind, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There was a hand back here. The clarity of mind. And that is probably the biggest deal. When Vicki and I are creating materials, we're always going, what's going on in the brain? Because that's where the Holy Spirit communicates with us. So we see this big picture of being able to partner with God in this amazing message. Thank you, Evelyn. Okay, we're going to have more time to interact because Evelyn said so. She said, Vicki, you are not talking this entire time. <laughs> so we're going to stop again in a few minutes. But I, she said it nice. She said it nice. I didn't take it nice, but she said it nice. <laughs> you know, she comes from such an amazing positive background. Or nobody ever did negative stuff, said negative stuff. Her mother would say, we're not even going to put that in the air. My family, it's always something. So try writing a book with somebody like that. You know, it's like we, we would write one paragraph and she'd say, is there a different way we could say this? <laughs> it's wonderful working with people that are different. Amen? It's a great thing. All right. What can be a better preparation for the coming of the Lord and the reception of other truths? Other truths. You see, we can't separate these things. Essential to prepare people for his coming than to arouse the people to see the evils of this age and stir them to personal responsibility, reformation, responsiveness would be another word, from self-indulgent and unhealthful habits. Is not the world in need of being aroused on this subject? If you want to have an interesting read, read what happens to people who win the lottery. Suicide rates go up, murder rates go up, people beg for their housekeeping jobs back. Um, they bane the day they ever got everything they wanted. Our natural hearts are so selfish, and that's one reason why we can't separate the gospel from the message of healing. What if our only hope was just getting better physically? What about somebody who's dying of a brain tumor? Do we have no ministry for them? You see, God wants to minister to the whole person, and we have a hope that's much deeper than uh, just in the physical realm. If the people see that we're intelligent with regard to health, they'll know that we're more sound in our Bible doctrine. So sensational, fantabulous, quick cures, that is not our message. It's a basic, sound, sweet, sensible, and balanced message of wholesomeness in body, mind, and spirit. And people have different areas of their lives that need healing. There are people who are health enthusiasts who have diseased minds who really need help, um, who inside of their hearts, are re they're really suffering and they're really unbalanced, so they're not, you can put the best food in front of them and they're still unhappy. And so how thankful I am that God calls us to balance and reasonableness in our message. Yes. Christian temperance and Bible hygiene. 
I love this connecting verse in the Bible. It says, Paul reasoned, if you were called to go before Trump or Obama or pick your politician, whoever, some world leader, the queen, um, to, and you had a 10-minute interview with them, an audience with them, what would you choose to talk about? Well, call, Paul was called before Felix, and he reasoned with him of three areas. Righteousness, or righteousness by faith, the gospel message, Temperance, which is actually biblical living, it's a, it's, the temperance is not, it's a, it's part of the fruit of the spirit. It's not something you do. It's a character trait of God. And then Bible prophecy, judgment to come. And so biblical living connects righteousness by faith and, and prophecy because righteousness by faith result, it, 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 it is going to in, uh, encourage and create right living. Right living gives us a mind to understand end-time events. So you can't separate them. Amen? Intemperance lies at the foundation of how much evil in our world. All of it. You think of these poor children, these ISIS children, who are practicing beheading people by beheading dolls. And yet God has given us a healing message for all the world. People whose hearts seem as hard as that stony ground. And yet when we become living vessels of Jesus Christ and when we go forth to sow that beautiful seed of truth, you've seen weeds come right up out of the cement, haven't you? It can crack cement. And Jesus, he brought the disciples the kingdom of grace. And his grace is in our hearts. That's the kingdom he brings us now. But we are to announce the coming kingdom of glory. So it's a special message at the end of time. And temperance alone is the foundation of all the graces that come from God, the foundation of all victories to be gained. The relation that exists between the mind and the body, we have learned this week, we, you already know this, but we've learned it maybe to a, a, um, a more, uh, well, we've reminded ourselves of this. It is very what? It is very intimate. When one is affected, the other sympathizes. The mind is seriously affected by what we eat and drink and how we live and if we move and our sleep habits. Erroneous eating and drinking result in erroneous, what? Thinking and acting. Now here's science. That was inspiration. Here is science. Can what you eat influence mental function? The answer is certainly affirmative. That is correct. So, you know, I, I don't have an argument with a cookie, but the problem is we're having a birthday party for breakfast, Christmas for lunch, you know, Thanksgiving for dinner, Fourth uh, of July before we go to bed. Lots of fireworks, but fireworks in the brain that we don't want. And so we are becoming an addicted society, an addicted society. Repeated poor food choices set actual fundamental patterns in the production of brain chemicals that regulate appetite, and mood, so that we actually become a victim. Jesus wants to set us free. It says, he says, break every yoke. Paul said that in Hebrews. Break every yoke, so that you become a victim of what? Mood swings, <clears throat> food cravings, <clears throat> excuse me, poor sleep habits, and other emotional problems. Why? <clears throat> because of eating habits that are affecting the brain and the, the function of the brain. So we serve a complete Savior that saves completely. We don't separate the gospel message from our, our the well-being. The Bible says glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. 
I love this Bible verse. Have I not written to you excellent things in counsels and knowledge that I may make you to know with certainty the words of truth, that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you? So God wants us to be filled with truth, filled with sympathy, filled with love, filled with our own story and an experience. We don't have to pretend to be something that we're not, but as we humbly profess what we know and that we're all on a journey, we will grow in grace and truth. I'm so thankful for that today. So this is, we're going to take a, another conversation break in a minute, in a second. <laughs> So really we are. So the heart of health, I love this. This is so important to me personally as a runaway, as someone who started running away at five, bulimic at 11, drugs, smoking, years and years of reckless living. If somebody had invited me to a health meeting and asked me if I wanted to live 14 years longer, I would have said, forget it. That's the last thing I cared about was living. And, um, and there are a lot of people who live quiet lives of despair. So the heart of health is not perfect lab tests. We want to have improved lab tests. Those are important. But the heart of health is hope. Have you ever been so crushed with information that you just want to go out and get a piece of cake? I mean, it's just too much. And so it is hope. Hope. We want to show you, I like what Evelyn says, we want to show you what to do, how to do it, and help you to be motivated to want to do it. That those, we want to combine education with motivation and inspiration. I'd rather somebody reach the halfway mark or the quarter mark or the 16th mark in hope than to be driven. Uh, and, and so, Read the book of Ephesians on Sabbath. You will find that God gives us hope in our habits. He's able to subdue all things. Hope in our hindrances. Forgetting those things which are behind. I like the way Jerry Shield says it. Our past is a point of reference, not a residence. Amen? Hope in our hindrances. Hope in our heartaches. And hope for heaven. Because that is where our citizenship is here. We can't expect things to be perfect here. We're going to have trials and problems here. We're going to have sickness and sorrow. You can do the right thing and still die of a terrible, rare illness. It happens. We want to reduce risk. But when you have hope in your heart, that outcome isn't the most important thing. You don't lose heart because you have Christ. Now, I'm asking Evelyn to come up. We didn't plan it. See, we didn't script this out. That's the problem. So, how do you instill hope? How do, you, how do you get hope in your own life, and how do you share it with somebody else? Talk to somebody next to you. How do you think that you, you, you create this hope? How do, you, how do you get it in your own life? How do you share it with other people, the hope that Vicki has just talked about? Talk to your neighbor. Sound, sounds like you've got lots of wisdom. Want to wrap up your thought?
Okay. It sounds like you all know a lot about hope. Okay, so how have you found hope in your life? How have you found hope in your habits? How have you found hope in your life? Yes. Oh, you, that, was that the smartest thing you ever did? <laughs> you came from an inner city. I have to repeat for this. Okay. Oh, and you stopped some bad habits. You nearly died nine times, and your wife was there beside you. Yes. So what does that say? That says that other people are sent to, into our lives to bring hope. Yes. And you have been that recipient. And I bet that you have shared hope with others because you have been through some of these heartaches. And you know what it feels like. And you can understand and empathize and give them that hope back. It bounces back, like Vicky said. Yes. While he was dying, uh huh. He would go to the other rooms when he was in the middle of uh, challenges and dying. You would go to other rooms and pray. So that was a bouncing back of hope, wasn't it? So when we understand that hope in our own lives, and that is a continuum, isn't it? It's not like I get it today and it and it's just there, there, there. But we are continually reminded of God's intimate relationship in our lives. You, you have experienced that. The little things that God does for us. These big things like, you know, bringing you back from, from challenging health issues. But others. So uh, another uh, comment on how, you have, how hope has been instilled in your life. Yes. What you were talking about yesterday about attitudes, by the way that you think and talk to other people, that will give you know. Yeah. We say you know just because you just because you don't have a feeling about it, when you say what's true, it strengthens you. Yes, yeah. we we learn to speak truth because sometimes we don't think truth, right. and we have to think truth before we speak truth. And how do we learn to think truth? Read it. In the word. You find out where truth is and you read it, don't you? You start your day with it. When everything fell apart for the disciples, uh, Jesus said, will you leave also? And they said, Lord, where would we go? You have the truth. So when everything falls apart, God's truth holds us. Yes. Sue. When you had depression... You went to a seminar on depression, and you were the worst one there? Oh, oh, the teacher said it, validated that, okay. Okay. You were the one that had the greatest success, even though you had the greatest need. It was difficult to even focus. One scripture a day. You started praising the Lord in spite of a praise journal, 
your, your mind was so tired, you could only think of one, and you did that one thing. Vicki and I are working on a... Yes. Three to five verses. Praises. Three to five praises, and they have to be different every day. Stinking thinking. You get rid of it by focusing on the positive, thinking on the attitude, and, and say it, sing it, write it. That's right. And then, that, because our thoughts are habits, and we can change the habit of the way we think. Changes the way your brain looks under an image, too. The Bible says the Father's name is going to be written in the forehead, right? So the thoughts and emotions constitute character, which is... And so that name of God in our foreheads, that means you're going to have a more beautiful brain under imaging. So how many of you would like to have a more beautiful brain under imaging? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the knowledge of God shall increase, and I think that we see that in biology that we're actually able to see some, the transformation of, of the brain just like you are explaining, and how exciting is that? And I'm sure you share this testimony that becomes hope for others. So sharing hope with others. Yes, yes. What, what, what are some ideas on sharing hope with others? How do we do that? You can complain and remain or praise and be raised. You can go to the throne or the phone. Yes. When you're on a walk and you see somebody else walking, you invite them to have a prayer. How exciting. That shares lots of hope. Yes, sir. In a, in a snowstorm, in a snowstorm, you took a, a, some bean soup next door. That is love in action. Yeah. Yes. My neighbor, my precious neighbor, she's, she's got high cholesterol. She confessed it to me. And, and I brought her some homemade waffles, and I said, well, are we going to have the cholesterol talk? She says, no, I already know with that stuff, but thanks for the waffles. So <laughs> praise the Lord. Just being yeah, she people. didn't want the talk, no, but she, she enjoyed the waffles. And sometimes that's what it takes, yes. And what is that testimony, that personal testimony? How does it manifest itself? Yes, yes. When you tell people about how God helped you recover. Yes. They see that you have imperfections, and you give them hope. That's right. That's right. Okay, she wants her mic back. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. Uh, and, and his mercies are new every morning. We don't want to rely on, a, on an old testimony all the time, right? We, we have new testimonies every day, new challenges, new problems. That manna... <clears throat> I mean, I'm sorry, the, <clears throat> that showbread was brought hot and fresh to the sanctuary uh, every week, every week, fresh bread. So we want a fresh new experience. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Okay. The very essence of the gospel is restoration. Restoration. 
And the Savior would have us bid the sick, the hopeless, the afflicted take hold upon his strength. It's never one thing. I've had people come and ask me, how do you make cornmeal? And by the time they get through telling me their story, that's just the opening sentence for a life that's been bruised and beaten. And, and somebody just needs to listen. It can't even fix these things, but Jesus is the great healer. Amen? <clears throat> he came to heal the brokenhearted, bind up their wounds. He went from house to house, <clears throat> healing the sick, comforting the mourners, soothing the afflicted, and speaking peace to the disconsolate. And, and in fact, most of what he did in his ministry occurred when he was being interrupted. So I'm really trying to learn to pay attention to what's around me, make eye contact with people, and be available. All too often, we want to hand out a piece of literature, truth-filled literature, and we want people to change quickly because we don't have time. We don't want to take time. And it's annoying to have people with problems when we don't have time. I mean, this is the natural heart. And so to, to understand that God is pruning that selfishness, he's in charge of our time. Our time and our schedules belong to him. Amen? And so he will help us to utilize our time for him, and his priorities for your life will not crush you. They will not wear you out. They will refresh you. He comes with healing in his wings, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. I read this morning, those who consecrate mind, body, and spirit to Christ will be constantly receiving a new endowment of mental, physical, and spiritual power. Uh, praise God. He took the little children in his arms and he blessed them and spoke words of hope and comfort to weary mothers. With unfailing tenderness and gentleness, he met every form of human woe and affliction. Dan, I don't know if you heard Jerry's story about Roger with the alcohol and the gin bottles everywhere. And he had several relapses. But Jerry was there for him. He didn't censure him. He didn't he, he was there for him as a friend, and that man died without a single trace of any of that stuff in his life. He died in Christ because somebody was willing to go that road with him and believe in him. Don't you want somebody to believe in you when you're at your worst? That's what makes the difference. It was his meat and drink to bring hope and strength to all with whom he came in contact. We need to learn his method of laboring. This is Jerry. He's been doing our afternoon boot camp with us, Balance Boot Camp. And so in Balance Boot Camp, we want your ministry to be purposeful, we want it to be practical, and we want it to be personal. We've broken it up into three parts every day. That's what we've been focusing on. So Jerry uh, came from Canada. He was a, a, a runaway. He was into every addiction you can imagine. And, and he helped this fellow, Roger, a, a retired Air Force pilot, a Royal Air Force pilot who fell into bad times. This was his home. This was his life. Jerry came and did a Living Free program with him. Here's Evelyn talking about fiber in his house as they went through this program together. And look at this man. It's so, you know, Jesus passed by no one as unworthy of his attention. No one. What would I have thought going into this house? And every single countertop, every single space was filled with these bottles. I don't know that I would have had the same hopeful attitude that Jerry did, but Jerry's been there, so he knew. 
And here's Roger, a man made new after God's image. Amen? A man filled with hope, joined a Bible study group, got his job back. This is the cab he used to take to get liquor, and now he got a job driving that cab. Praise God. The heart of the gospel is restoration. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised. In Isaiah chapter 53, the Bible says that he was bruised for our iniquities, right? But before it says that, we know he carried our sins. We know he died for our sins. But before that, it says that he carries our weaknesses and our sorrows. We can allow ourselves to become so sorrowful over the things that we're praying about that are not happening that we actually become weakened and discouraged. Jesus owns everything about us, including our capacity to grieve. And we, we do not have permission to grieve ourselves to the point of incapacitation. While you are doing the Lord's work, he will take care of your business. He, you are waiting on loved ones. You are waiting on relatives. You are waiting on that spouse. You are waiting on that situation, that property, that problem, that terminal illness. Whatever it is, while you take care of your business, of God's business, he'll take care of your business. The Bible says in blessing, you will be blessed. Amen? So trust him and don't wait for the, the right circumstance. You just start working for the Lord here and now in any way that you can. This is an amazing statement from Desire of Ages. Knowledge. Benevolence. What is benevolence? What is it? It's charity. It's kindness. It's doing stuff. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 13? Though I give my body to be burned, though I give all I possess to feed the poor, and give my body to be burned and have not love, I'm nothing. Well, that's phony. It's selfish. Are you kidding? Really? These people are giving their lives for a cause. No, it's just the core of it isn't Christ. That's the problem. The Bible says in 1 John 4, by this you will know that you love the brethren when you love God and keep his commandments. That means you're going to be in ticklish situations. It means you have to stand for God when people get angry with you. It means you do right when others are doing wrong. And no, you're not going to be friends with everybody in the world. Marvel not if the world hate you. Know that it hated me before it hated you, Jesus said. And so the love that God places in our hearts is a strong love. It's a firm love. It's a, it's a love that is rooted in loyalty to God first. And every earthly tie is second. Amen? Eloquence, gratitude, zeal. These are all aids in this good work. But without the love of Jesus in the heart, the work of the Christian minister is a failure. Wow. That's pretty powerful. Amen? So we have a, a message that you cannot separate the mind, body, and spirit. It is only through the grace of Christ that the work of restoration, mental, physical, and spiritual, can be accomplished. When I came to in contact with Seventh-day Adventists, I had to have a reason for living. I didn't care about my cholesterol. I had to have a reason to want to live. And that reason was the value that Jesus Christ placed in me, his ability to break the power of 20 years of bulimia, <clears throat> and the fact that he is a just God and that payday is coming. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7, Whatever shame you've been exposed to, whatever you've been through, whatever horrific 
circumstance you've been in, whatever the genes, choice, chance, circumstance, whatever mess you've gotten yourself into, he says, I will repay you double. The thought is workers' compensation. So I think we need to start collecting, amen? Where sin abounded, great. Isaiah 61, verse 7, you get double for your trouble, ladies and gentlemen. Double for your trouble. I love this. Strength to resist evil is best gained by aggressive service, not aggressive servants. Dane and I, you know, being rescued from all this mess we were in, uh, we were like Attila and Mrs. The Hun for a number of years. Uh, One lady came to me, (laughs) I think it was this camp meeting, or was it in Tennessee? No, it was in Tennessee. I did Tennessee camp meeting this year. She said, I knew you years ago, and I was afraid to come to your class, but I thought I'd give it a try. (laughs) She said, you're really different now. And I said, well, you know, that's what happens when you go through the paper shredder a few times. Uh, But God has plenty of glue, amen? So I'm really sorry, and I really hope all those cassette tapes that are out there don't make their way to 60 Minutes or, you know, (laughs) any of those people on TV. I hope they just disintegrate. This is the statement I read this morning. Isn't that interesting? I didn't know it was on here. All who consecrate soul, body, and spirit to God will be constantly receiving a new endowment of physical and mental power. We have to stop mourning over what we don't have and what we've lost. And let's start gaining some traction. Amen? The special work for this time must be done in reaching the people through what? Personal effort. Evelyn, I'm calling you up here. It is this kind of labor that will be what? Highly successful. My husband used to say the reason they call it organized crime is because it's organized. So many of you have come here because you are interested in uh, making available in your community some experiences to come to the church for hope and healing. And I'm wondering if, uh, if what are some of the questions that you might have in starting this kind of a ministry? Uh, how many of you are actually doing a ministry right now of, of health in your community? Okay, so many of you are looking to maybe to do that. How many of you would like to? How many of you would like to take some of those first steps? Put your hand up high. I want everybody to put their hand up anyway. (laughs) Just doing it is going to make a change in your brain. That's right. So you have come here with some questions, and I'm wondering, you know, we're talking about this putting forth personal personal effort and organizing and everything. What is it that you have come here wondering uh, about doing this work? Do you do you need information? Do you need inspiration? Yes. Yes. How can you incorporate health into the Bible studies that you're doing with other people? Okay, so you're doing Bible studies, and you want to incorporate <clears throat> the message of health biblical into living. Them. Biblical living. We would, I would call it biblical living. It's a big picture, isn't it? Biblical living. So, yeah, you want your home to be a home of hope. How many of you want your home to be a home of hope? So that you could even do something in your neighborhood, in your living room? <clears throat> Part of that is having your tools and supplies ready. 
That's why we have everything that we've been showing you on PowerPoints in the afternoon. They're scripted. They're available to you. We're going to have plug and plays of the 24 balanced living tracks available. Um, I gave in my exercise class, I belong to a Silver Sensations Pilates class. Silver mm -hmm. Sensations. Silver. Uh, and I gave them all a set, all the ladies, a set of the 24 balanced living tracks. And the lady came up to me several weeks later. She said, I keep these by my bedside. They inspire me. And I know what it is that's inspiring her. It's not the health stuff. It's the, it's the gospel that's in there. She's connecting it. And that's where the power is. So we have resources and tools that we've been hired to produce for you to make it easy. How many of you have seen the balanced living tracks or magazines? These things, yeah. Today we're doing, in, in Balanced Boot Camp, today we're doing lessons on loss. And there's a track you'll get. We've done, we have all kinds of tracks we've been handing out in that class. So we have extras too. If you want to come by and just pick some up at two o'clock on your way to another class, that's fine too. And that's exactly why there's two of us working at Michigan Conference in Health Ministry is because our administration understands exactly what you're asking, that the gospel and health ministry are together. And so they have invested in that. And so that's why we are always creating and updating and science behind the things that we do with the biblical principles uh, so that we can reach hearts, we can reach minds to understand this connection. And so that's why that table's full of resources for you. Yes. You were studying with a young woman. Okay, you went to someone's home to give Bible studies and she was sick with the flu. So you told her about taking hot baths and hydrotherapy for helping her feel better? Uh-huh. 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 Uh -huh. Amen. So you were, were sharing something very practical on how to take a hot bath and go to bed and it helps your temperature rise and helps you feel better and it worked. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. That increased, the, yes. that increased the confidence that she had in you because you gave her some practical yes. information that helped with that. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes, sir. A, a friend of yours had cancer on his face. And then he was cancer-free after this surgery. How awesome. Yeah, and so you helped him through that whole experience, and they saw the miracle that had happened. Yeah, yes, in the back. You're talking about health ministry here at Michigan Conference? So it's recognized that Michigan Conference invests in health ministry. Yes. Oh, yes. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Did you have a comment? Yes. You've been in health ministry outside of Michigan Conference? Uh-huh.
you wondered if it was really making a difference? Uh-huh. Yes, yes. He doesn't, God doesn't want us to do this health ministry in our own strength. Yeah. Awesome. So you have you went through a journey understanding that you needed a total surrender to God and it's about God, it's not about us. And I think that's such an important principle because we think that we have to be at a certain level of health or we have to look a certain way or we have to have a certain skill. But God can take that, that desire of wanting to serve regardless. We, we still always keep learning, but he can take us where we are and bless others in spite of our deficiencies. And these materials that we have can really speak for themselves in so many ways. Oh, you didn't see that you had those deficiencies. You, you thought you had it together, and it should be really connecting. Yes. Yes. It's not about you. It's about him. Yes. This last comment here. Off the wall. Okay. Uh huh. So you have someone in your life that has asthma and they want to do some surgery. Yes. Oh. Well, uh, we'll ask that. And if you know somebody that can help with this situation, would you talk to her afterwards? Yeah. Okay, we're going to move right along. Yeah, to your point, I just so appreciate it. I was one of those helicopter moms. My kids weren't going to go through what I did. They were going to, you know, I mean, it was, we were pilgrims for a while there, for a long while, and I'm, I still see some of the effects of that in my kids. But <clears throat> a lady came to me not too long ago, because I've suffered now. And she said, you're saying the same thing, but you're saying them differently. And, and I'm so grateful. This message is not about a lift. It's about a life that is hidden with Christ in God. So, you know, now instead of feeling sorry for people, I feel sorry with them because I've experienced the arrows of, you know, brokenness and disappointment and death and sickness and crushed expectations, disappointed hopes. Uh, they are precious tools in the hands of God to shape our characters to be able to do real ministry for him. Uh, amen? So, like those fruits that get burnt by the sun and it brings out a sugar. And so that's what the Lord is doing. So, 
we're not to faint under the chastening hand of God uh, because he's shaping us and proving us to be polished instruments in his hands. We have just a few more minutes. <clears throat> when we give our, I love this, when we give ourselves wholly to God and in our work follow his directions, he makes himself responsible for its accomplishment. Every, and she says, not once should we think of failure. We are to place our situation in the hands of one who knows no failure. And I remember the first time we did a simple solutions program, we prayed over it. It was, we were given this budget to produce this book and this module and this program. It had never been done in any conference. It hadn't been done in a general conference. It was it. We were, everything was consecrated to God. How could anything go wrong? We knew that the angels were going to drag people to the meetings. We knew that the police were going to have to direct traffic. We knew the ladder rain was going to fall. <clears throat> well, first of all, the 800 number in the book was a number to a specialty tobacco company. It was the wrong number. <clears throat> I remember thinking that morning, this would be a good day to be hit by a train. I mean, I just was so afraid to tell my boss. And, and he was so kind and good. When you're kind and good to the people who make serious blunders, They'll be loyal for life to you. But about 30 people showed up. You know, we have to learn and advertise. Last year, we were uh, supposed to hold a meeting in the winter. We, they spent a bunch of money to advertise, and this big blizzard came, and nobody, nobody came. We had to cancel the thing. And, and so the lady called me, and she said, she said, why did God let that happen? Why did God let that blizzard happen on the day of our meeting? You know, everything was perfect. The advertising, he knows we spent our whole year's budget on this. And I said, well, you know, what if he did that for us every year? Then we would never learn not to do this in December. <laughs> I said, don't. If we're going to do something in December, let's just make it cheap sandwiches and free. <laughs> So, you know, we're, we're really going to learn the most by the disasters and the problems and the failures, but just don't give up. Successful people are not mistake-free. They just refuse to give up. Every church member should be engaged in some line of work for the master. One precious elderly lady was, wanted to be involved so badly, she didn't know what to do at one of these um, depression seminars that was being held in Midland, and so she stood at the door and handed out cough drops so nobody would cough during the meetings. People just loved her. It was her idea, you know. That's what they do at concerts, and so um, they just loved her. It was so sweet. Nobody dared cough. Everyone should do his utmost to roll back the tide of disease and distress. You see, they're linked that is sweeping over our world. Anything we can do to relieve unnecessary suffering. Inexplicable suffering will come, but unnecessary suffering we can help. Many would be willing to work if they were taught how to begin. They need to be instructed and encouraged. And that's what all these plug and plays and scripted things are for and all the tracks so that, and we will do trainings. We can come to your area and do a training for your church. When in the, the church of today, it is seen by the power of the spirit. Now here's our part, folks, look at this. That the members have taken their affections from the things of the world. Oh, how the spirit of God has been speaking to me about the little ways that Money just slips through my hands, over little through my hands. And I'm praying about the work, and I'm praying for resources, but I'm not being frugal. Uh, you know, uh, the Lord speaks to me about these little things. And so I'm thankful that my heart is tender to hear it. And I want to be cured of this self-indulgence and selfishness, because it leads nowhere. 
and the Lord isn't done with any of us in this area yet. That they're willing to make sacrifices in order that their fellow men may hear the gospel. The truths proclaimed will have a powerful influence on the hearers. So there's something about our lives that will make a difference as to how powerful the message we share is. And we don't fully understand that, but it is one of God's principles. Many, many, how many? Many will be rescued from physical, mental, and moral degeneracy through the practical influence of health reform. Health talks will be given. Publications will be multiplied. And many will advance step by step to receive the special truths of Jesus coming, the close of probation, the end of all things, the false doctrines of the Bible that are holding people captive. Uh, they will be freed from this. Thus, truth and righteousness meet together. Intemperance of every kind is taking the world captive, and those who are true educators at this time will have their reward. Now is our time. Now is our opportunity to do a blessed work. This is no time for any of us to put a do not disturb sign on our doors. Amen? You are the light of the world. God has called us to be a light in a dark place. How many of you would like to make that decision today that you'd like to be a light for Jesus today? Have your literature ready. Have, fill yourself with the word of God. Let it transform your life day by day. And let's make a decision right now that we're going to have joy in this journey and that we're going to keep saying yes. And if we make a mistake, we're going to get up and not give up. If that's your decision today, I'd like you to stand with me. We will have closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we have come here today because you have called us, and we ask that you would um, prepare us uh, in our hearts to do the, the, the work that you have called us to do, that uh, we will be transformed in our own lives, and that transformation will flow out to other people in our church and in our community. Uh, empower us with your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.